0: Hello and welcome back to the Undercut Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Timo Albus Daly, and today I'm joined once again by my ever-capable co-host, Mr. Jesse Billington. How are you, sir?
1: I'm very well, thank you. I spent the comp- the weekend in the company of a midget that I call the Yellow Peril. How are you? Great. We're also
0: joined by a friend of the podcast and Inside F2 host, Mr. Fraser Ford. How are you?
2: Yeah, very good. Thank you. Yeah, Formula 3 is uh, soon to be returning and uh, I'm very, looking for- very much looking forward to talking about it today.
0: Yes, exactly. That is the reason that I have gathered you both here today and we finally have all of the drivers that will be in Formula 3 this year. They took their sweet, sweet time in announcing all of them. But we got there. I mean, granted, it's 30 drivers on the grid, so they were going to take a little bit longer, but they they took the Mickey a little bit. But uh, we shall launch straight in, I think, with a team that, up until a recent driver announcement, I definitely wasn't going to put up at the top of this podcast, but it's the one I'm now most excited for. And I feel like I am I put up a graphic on, on Instagram where I feel like I treated them too harshly for their F2 choices now that I've seen one of their choices for F3. Um, so that's PHM Racing. One of the new teams on the grid for this year taking over from
1: It was Shreuz we... in F two, so it's probably Shruz yeah, in so was F. wasn't it? Yeah.
0: I shouldn't have doubted myself for a second there. Anyway, we've got three drivers, first of which is The most exciting one, I think, because it is Sophia Fleur. She is first time back in Formula 3 since 2020 when she raced for Campos. She's since gone and raced in DTM and the ELMS series where she got two podiums. She's going to be joined by Piotr Wisnicki, who is someone who made a single-seater debut back in 2020 as well, competed for two seasons in Italian F4 with the best result of 19th in the standings there before stepping up to drive in Formula Regional European Championship last year. And the third driver will be Roberto Farrier, who kind of made a half-season return to British F4 in 2020, and then he scored two podiums in the opening two rounds the next time along there, and kind of stuck with GB3 then in 2021 2022. Summer was only 19 years old after all of that, and uh, was fifth in the standings and got one win and a further 14 podiums which is just a mad kind of counter statistic there there's a lot to unpack there but fraser that's why i'm going to come to you because you don't get to talk about f3 enough so here we go phm I, I, i'm Forms. gonna absolutely
2: love my opportunity to talk about formula 3 yeah no it's, it's interesting isn't it i, I mean sophia floors for me is the most exciting there it's um i'm really excited to see her back as you say a couple of seasons out first season since 2020 it was a really difficult season in 2020 it was with campos who didn't necessarily have the most competitive car so i think it's um yeah a nice opportunity for her to to, to come back i think her highest uh finishing position back then she didn't score a point unfortunately but got a p12 uh, which i think was in the monza in the sprint race in monza um uh, which shows that she has potential you know that's that's a it's, a it's a driver's circuit it's not an easy easy place to to do well and she did well there so yeah i'm I, as you say she's gone off she's she's racing dtm um and yeah i'm really looking forward to to her coming back this year and um you know hopefully the phm car is a competitive car hopefully they can provide her uh, something that you know can compete for points every now and again and uh yeah i think it's really good for for females in motorsport to, to have someone back in formula three uh especially with tassi calderon not getting a seat in in formula two i think it's really important to, for young girls to have a female role model that they can look up to and uh yeah sophia florsha uh, welcome back
0: And Jessie, having gone and done DTM and ELMS, she's got unique experience that none of the other drivers on the grid really have because they're all still fairly fresh faced and not that Sphere isn't, but she's just been around a year or two more and has obviously had the chance to go off and keep the motorsport dream alive. And as we've touched upon many times, if you have more experiences in more different categories, the stronger a driver you'll be overall. So
1: fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed indeed. She's got some interesting racing series to a name and again it gives you the adaptability and i think looking back over potentially older series of f1 you begin to realize how important adaptability is when it comes to coping with races that start panning out differently to how you'd initially anticipated you look and they say that adaptability is one of the great marks of a racing driver and you look at alonso and hamilton their ability to adapt to a car that changes over time and i think that in the long run this is going to benefit sofia a hell of a lot If she starts making progress up through the tiers, which I don't have my doubts she'll be able to do, especially because she's also got Alpine backing now as well. She's an Alpine junior driver. And as odd as their junior progression has been at times, obviously looking at the recent Piastri fiasco, um, they've done it. They've gotten their Alpine junior into a Formula One race seat, and arguably into one better than they could have possibly offered them themselves. So it's not to be sniffed at. (laughs) It depends on quite how well McLaren performed this year as to how badly that statement ages. But equally, you've got to look at their ability to scout out talent. They've got Jack Doohan on the cards at the moment as their reserve driver, and he is by no means a bad driver, especially in F2. We saw him really dominating the second half of the season. So if they've got this sort of ability, a team that's scouting, and crucially what looks like supporting talent coming through, this is a good time to be Sophia Flush, certainly. And obviously, at their car launch, they announced they was was it six female talent car, casting talents. They've announced yep. their backing as well, which is, again, great stuff and genuinely proactive-looking things. So now is a good time to be a junior Alpine driver and certainly a good time to be a young woman looking to get into motorsports with the sort of opportunities Alpine are throwing out there. So it's, it's all good news coming out of PHM Racing, even if PHM... And Racing as well, we've got...
0: Drivers in F2 and arguably in F1, definitely in recent years, in the latter where there's no reason that they should have been there at all in the first place, and we've we've had the same discussion for Formula Two this year already on this podcast. So if they can get further up the ranks, then surely it's only a matter of time before Sofia should move up there a little bit. So especially in PHM, if you look at the drivers that they've got for this year in Formula Two, if that's the level that she's got to beat, then. That's all I'm going to say on that one. (laughs) But as for the other two drivers, Fraser, is there either one of them that you're particularly more excited for, or are these two completely brand new names for you?
2: Um, they're not brand new. I, I don't know either of them overly well, if I'm honest with you. I know I'm sure they've got pedigree, don't they? So I'm sure they'll go on to have good seasons out of the three of them. I do think Sofia Flores will be the one that comes out on top. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Formula Three is a funny one, isn't it? It's sometimes you get a talent that maybe hasn't done so well in in single seaters up to that point, and all of a sudden they but you know to, to become a great driver in Formula Three.
0: So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's wait and see how they get on. Raymer. meanwhile, we've got another three drivers there, so I shall go through them accordingly. We've got Paul Aaron, who is third in Formula Regional last year with six wins to his name. We've then got one of the more better known names on the grid. We've got Dino Beganovic, who I've butchered his name, so I apologise immediately for that. That's going to be a lot of happening today, I think. Uh, He's Swede, who made a single-seater debut with the Italian squad back in 2020, finishing third in Italian Formula 4 then moved up to Freca the following year and took a podium uh, during the first campaign before returning for a second outing last season, uh, dominated the start of the campaign and claimed four victories on his way to being crowned champion back at Mugello. Then we've got the first name from last year, which is Zach Sullivan, who finished 11th overall with two podiums and a best finish of second place in Silverstone, which was surprising because I remember watching last year, Fraser, and thinking... How did he not get a win? How was second in Silverstone the best thing? Got there because he seemed to be just up there an awful lot, but just didn't translate results, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I mean this is the most exciting lineup by far, isn't it? Obviously it's Prima. they. Uh only not won the title once in uh, all of their uh, time in Formula 3 and that was last season. Uh they'll be back very hungry and yeah, three top quality drivers. I mean Zach O'Sullivan, probably my favorite for the championship returning into the category. Did a good job with Carlin last year uh, and I think he'll be uh, yeah, he'll be straight in. Obviously William back Williams backed driver as well and he'll be straight in, you know, from the get-go. He'll He'll be very very strong. I think Boganovich is a really interesting one. I I, I think he, he obviously has a pedigree as well moving through. Um you know Italian F4 was a really difficult series. Um so finishing third in there is uh, it's, a, it's a it's a real achievement. Um you know and uh, and obviously Frecker is a yeah it's it's a really strong lineup. Paul Aaron um I think, yeah, again, there's no reason why he can't fight for the title. I know it's his rookie season, the same with Boganovich, but I think they'll be both be in there. They'll be there and thereabouts, um, you know, fighting for the title. But for me, Zach O'Sullivan, with that year's experience, I think he's, he's the man to beat this year.
1: Um, O'Sullivan coming back in, this will be good for him. Again, I think there's a balance between rushing through your junior career in the way that we've seen some drivers literally fly through you again your likes of your Piastri's, where they sort of dominate pretty much every season come through pop out the top and then you're going uh, now what and then equally those drivers that take a bit longer going through the seasons but come out a bit more more rounded in some cases they're more fully formed they've got different styles of racecraft they have a very more personal touch on the circuit which often makes them a harder driver to compete against so I don't think there's any shame in Zachary Sullivan spending this sort of second season in Formula 3. And especially with Premer, with the backing he's got, that's no bad thing at all. So it'll be interesting to see if he is able to progress his racecraft from here onwards. Paul Aaron's going to be an interesting one coming straight from Formula Regional. It's a big jump. But again, if he's been able to sort of do the testing previous to this and has shown that he's got the speed and the skill to do it, there's no reason to not keep an eye on him, at least, especially, again, with the backing of Prima behind him. It's a good team when it comes to nurturing and building up young talent. And if there's one they've found that's making those sort of big jumps, if they can sort of build a fire in him and keep him going, He could be a big sort of troublemaker around the mid part of the field here, especially if we have got some drivers that aren't so quick off the line, as it were, with regards to the season as a whole. And Beganovic, um, is it Beganovic or Beganovic? is they my first question shopping. yeah uh, that was my first question the second one again is he is a hot shoe he is going to be one to keep an eye on and again he's going to be a name that you'll see in Formula 1 in the next three to four years for certain he'll be associated with bigger teams as the time goes by without a shadow of a doubt so yeah Prima is the team to keep an eye on I think and they, they have arguably the strongest lineup of the lot as much as I love some of the other drivers up and down the grid because they're a bit sort of charismatic or they're unique or they've got an interesting story behind them was the one that's going to be leading this season for certain.
0: It's interesting you mentioned the jump up from Formula Regional as well because Oliver Goeth did that last year with his rookie season and he only finished 19th overall having competed in just four rounds. But I don't know if that's just down to lack of time in the car and be interesting to see how he does now that he's got a full season with Trident which is the next team we're going to go through so it's definitely a big challenge and the four rounds I'm not 100% sure what the circumstances behind that were exactly but again it, it just shows that you do need a lot of things to go in your favor to get that full season there and even if it is you Four rounds is still plenty of time to prove yourself, depending on who you are. I mean, we've got Sebastian Montoya later on. He did a great job in Zandvoort and is back in F3 again this year. So very interesting to see where those dynamics come into play there. Other two drivers that will be driving for Trident, though, we've got Gabriel Bortoletto, which just bear with me, people we will get through it. Sixth in Formula Regional last year with two wins. And we've got Leonardo Frenoli, who is an 18-year-old, who joined F3 off the back of a successful fracking campaign with the Italian team. Where he scored fifteen point finishes in twenty of the out of the twenty races, finished eighth in the drivers' championship overall, and took honours as rookie of the year. So another potentially interesting candidate there.
2: Yeah, I think for me, Ollie Gerth is the one there where I'm most excited to see him return. And as you say, I don't think 19th in the championship, I don't think that was reflective of his performances in Formula 3 last year. He had four rounds and actually I think his performances were were actually very strong and he jumped in the car and, and did quite a decent job. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him obviously with a pre-season under his belt, seeing how he can get on this year and again in a competitive car as well. I don't remember he had that that bad crash with Zay Maloney in Spa last hmm. year, which which, um, yeah, can't have, can't have been easy
0: as well. It's, it's um, also worth noting as well with Goth that despite the four ends and one of those being Spa, where he had the crash, obviously, you have 30 drivers in Formula 3, but there's way more than 30 competing over the course of a season. So finishing 19th as well, it doesn't tell the full story at the same time because it's still weirdly impressive.
2: Yeah, yeah, and exactly in, in such a competitive uh, category. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I I I i think he's the one this year out of all of the Trident drivers. By the way, Trident have got uh consistency coming out of their ears there, haven't they? Uh but I think I think Oli is the one that could really put a title challenge together. Um and uh, yeah, we'll 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 see we'll see how he gets on. But um I think yeah, with Trident, it's a It's a proven team in Formula 3 compared to to Formula 2 where they're perhaps not as competitive. It's a really competitive team in in, in Formula 3. Um, And yeah, I think all three of those drivers have got a platform there to really push on this season. So yeah, let's wait and see.
1: Mm. You're saying about the idea that in Formula 3 you're competing against this sort of very... Huge grid essentially of at some points almost forty drivers competing in the season at different points, and so if you're coming home in the top half of that, that's pretty good indeed. Especially when you consider that you've got drivers in here that will have done F3 for a season or two prior to that, and other rookies. If you're coming in and only competing in a very for select amount of rounds and still coming out in the top half of that cutting that's not a bad performance at all. So Oliver Goeth is likely going to be putting up a big challenge if he's got a full season this year. And again, he's got the, was he sort of proved last year, this ability to be dropped into a car and told go fast and he does it. So without too many problems, he could be one that's putting in some big point scores over the weekends to come. So definitely interesting there. And, anyone that's coming through not necessarily from formula regional but coming through from things like Frecker or the italian f3 series i know we've had another driver that's just come through from italian formula four yeah dino beganovic and the previous team if you're coming through from again those they are hugely competitive junior rounds if you're getting through from those with decent positions you've got not necessarily the technical know-how or the um sort of raw pace but your racecraft your ability to cut through a very busy very chaotic field is going to be something that plays hugely into your hands for F3 for certain it's basically like sort of going amateur karting and being able to cut through a field where everything is going wrong constantly because you're surrounded by 8 year olds if you can do that and keep a cool head and keep your car in one piece that's a useful skill especially through the feeder series
0: doesn't mean they'll give you an F3 seat Jesse so stop going on about it (laughs)
1: I wasn't asking for an F3C and I don't think I'd fit into one because I'm six foot tall and they all seem to be children that are doing this like they're so small why are they so diminutive or they are in my mind because it's F3 you assume that they're going to be tiny I don't know
0: ART, meanwhile, moving swiftly on, have got Caelan Frederick, who finished 17th overall last year with the best placed uh, of 5th in Silverstone. They've also got Grégoire Sauci, who was 15th in 2022, with the best finish of 3rd in Bahrain. Nikola Tsolov, let's go with that, a Bulgarian rookie who graduated single-seaters in 2022, dominating the Spanish F4 Championship, where he took 13 victories on his way to the title, which... Uh, when you've got two experienced drivers up against you, I suppose that's not a bad stat to have for yourself as a rookie.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah, you'd rather have the wins under your belt than not, right? So, I mean, that's a really impressive record. I think ART had the second strongest lineup, you know, after uh, after premier I think it's a strong lineup. I think Gregoire Saucy, you know, he didn't show what his true talent last season you know I think he's a really talented driver uh, winner of Formula Regional U- European uh, Championship back in 2021 um, and yeah he he started the season well didn't he a podium in, in Bahrain and just didn't really get the momentum going and it's really difficult when you don't have that momentum on your side particularly with Victor Martins going on to to win the championship as your teammate but you know this year it's a, it's a new year it's a fresh start ART have kept him they obviously trust him um, and fastest in two of the three days of testing wasn't he he was uh, P1 on the road so yeah not a bad start to the season And uh, I'm sure he'll be hoping for uh, well that he can convert that uh, into victory in Bahrain in a couple of weeks time.
0: Under the podcast Jacob Phillips was complaining last year that he was not doing quite as well as we would have hoped coming out of Formula Regional so I yeah. believe the tough love process has worked it once again there.
1: <laughs> I don't particularly have too much else to add to ART I mean it's like we said a strong lineup. you've got two returning drivers and then Nikola Tzolov coming through with what looks like a really sort of prominent Spanish F4 campaign behind him and again a driver that's got a proven ability to fight it out on a busy circuit and again he's going to have done around I'm guessing Spanish F4 is going to have had a couple of other circuits on from the Spanish sort of world, but obviously he's going to know Barcelona which features on the F3 calendar so it's going to be interesting to see how drivers perform at circuits they know, especially if they're coming from regional series, when they get to their regional circuits they previously know, that could be when we see some stellar performances but equally the converse applies when you see them at circuits they don't know and how quickly they can pick it up and again the idea of adaptability and your ability to accumulate information and take on board what your team is telling you is going to be a very quick decider of Men amongst the boys, as it were.
0: That's why we'll have formed a three because those kind of things can really switch up a season and take some crucial points away from those who are actually fighting for the championship. MP Motorsport in the meantime, Franco Colapinto back again, ninth in 2022 with two wins in Imola on Monza, plus three podiums to his name. He will be joined by Mary Boyer, who will make a step up from former Regional European Championship after two seasons there. He scored his major podium in Valencia last year before going on to finish 10th in the standings. He is also joined by Johnny Edgar, who finished 12th last year with the best finish of 4th, which he managed twice in Spa and Zandvoort. Interestingly, back-to-back rounds there as part of the football header. So I'm... I'm... I'm I'm thinking this is pretty strong lineup as well, actually, Fraser. You're saying about top two earlier, maybe I'd say this may be a contender for the second strongest team there as well, just because Johnny Edgar and Frank Calabindo finished higher than the two other experienced drivers in what was it, Trident or ART. I've already got confused so quickly that didn't take very long at
1: all. ART. Um, ART. ART.
0: <laughs> Um... Yeah, I mean it's de- it's definitely
2: up there, isn't it? I mean Colo Pinto, he was the surprise of last season, wasn't he? he did so well for VAR, uh, yeah. and I think it's a good move for him going to, to MP. Johnny Edgar as well. I do feel for Johnny Egar, Obviously, didn't get a fair crack at it last season, um, and I think you know, it, yeah, obviously things didn't didn't quite work out at Trident. I think they're two drivers that obviously have heaps of talent, and I think MP have got themselves. Two really strong drivers there, as you say. Um, Yeah, both both finished higher in the championship than than the two return and ART boys. I think, yeah, maybe Boya is the one that maybe lets the, not lets the the trio down, because um, that's very harsh to say. I don't mean that. <laughs> uh, but in terms of, uh, you know, in terms, yeah, in terms of experience and pedigree, I think maybe uh, he doesn't bring um, what, um, yeah, some some of the other drivers uh, in the field bring. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see whether Colopinto can put together a championship winning or contending season, yeah, Colapinto in particular. I think, you know, we saw Kyle Colette obviously have a really good season for MP last year. Um, and I think, yeah, Colapinto could be could be there or there or thereabouts for a championship as well, couldn't he? I definitely think he'll be competing for podiums and, and uh maybe some wins regularly. So
0: I think definitely the first driver on this list for us to be considering for that, considering what we know as well, because again, Formula 3, very unpredictable. We could be completely wrong and he has an absolutely terrible season. But on paper, it seems like the first serious contender there.
1: Mm. Especially when you bear in mind how many of last year's top F3 crop moved up to F2. It does open up that sort of space. You've got that vacuum for the next round of top drivers to be sucked up into. And Pinto is undoubtedly a name that's easily bandied about in that space. I mean, obviously, on the subject of John Edgar, he had a, a rough 2022. Obviously, he had sort of a flare-up of Crohn's coming through. But again, he pulled off, despite the odds and despite the, with this sort of incredible resilience, a very good performance. And coming home 12th, like we already said, in the championship that's got nearly 40 drivers in it, essentially, on the score sheets, that's a very strong-looking performance. Even if you have 30, that's still a top-half finish, which is what you're looking for to really start stamping your name down on things. One interesting thing before we move on from John Edgar is... His cousin, Jessica Edgar, is um, now in the F1 Academy as well. So she'll be competing in the series below him. So we've got motorsport in the family.
0: In motorsport family relations, that never happens.
1: No, not at all. Moving on to high tech, where there's Sebastian Montoya.
0: Yes, P21 last year, having competed in just two races, where he finished P8 twice, pretty impressive. And like we were saying just now, P twenty one after only two races and getting what is it four points then around that kind of thing and being able to beat that many other drivers who a good few of which will have at least more than two races to prove themselves that's a bit of a statement I think Fraser
2: yeah definitely I mean it's a it's a it's a, it's a real statement as you say so yeah I I, I like the high tech lineup you know I think um, yeah Sebastian Montoya brings a lot of uh, Outright talent, should we say, uh, is, uh, is stepping in uh, and uh, yeah, finishing or doing it, having a good round in in Zambel was it uh, was definitely positive. Luke Browning, I mean, the GB three champion, you can't look beyond that, can you? That's uh, a competitive series, and he went and won it. Um, and Gabriel Mini as well. I mean, I think it's a it's a really really strong looking lineup for high Tech this year as well, isn't it? And uh, they're a growing team. I think they'll be even more competitive this year than they were over the last couple of years. So yeah, it's an exciting one.
0: Mm. Yeah, and Mini as well taking um the fastest time on the opening day at Jerez in postseason test. So, if you're interesting, I've, I keep coming back to what you were saying earlier about strong lineups, and then the further down with the list we got, I think, well, that's a pretty competitive lineup as well for Asia. I wouldn't be calling that, out just yet either. <laughs>
2: No, exactly. It's, it's going to be really, we know how competitive Formula 3 was last year, right? I mean, there was seven, eight drivers who you didn't discount from winning the title with about two rounds to go. So if it's going to be, yeah, we know we know you know what Formula 3 is like, so it'll be the same again this year. And there's seven, eight, nine drivers who you look at them and you think, wow, yeah, they could win the title this year. They could win the title this year. This team has got a strong lineup. So yeah, as ever, Formula 3 always delivers, doesn't it? So uh, it's going to be really interesting to uh, to watch this season.
0: Mm. Another championship contender there, Jesse. Kyle Collette for VAR, eighth last year with two wins in Hungary and Anvort, plus another three podiums. we definitely got to include him in championship contention, surely.
1: Oh, he's, without a shadow of a doubt, he's got to be up there. and Certainly the top five drivers that we're lining up for this year's F3 season, certainly possibly even pushing into that top three category. I would need to properly rank a lot of them to figure it out for certain, but off the top of my head, when you're thinking of names that could win the 2023 F3 season... Kyle Collette is a name that jumps out of you. And he's a name that still jumps out at me from last year's season because there were some absolutely fantastic performances. And I'm right in saying the performance in Hungary was that crazy one where it was the change from wet to dry, or was that just for F2? Yes. Yeah, it was was F3, yeah. And it was that slightly nuts race, and he was able to capitalise on it, get the sort of compound change sorted, and get back out there and make progress through a completely jumbled field. And yeah, to come out looking like a hero in complicated conditions that early on in your career is a good sign and certainly a good thing to have against your racing record. Rafael Villagomez, again, um, uh, 25th with the best and only points finisher, ninth last year at Emelor. Second year with the team, hopefully he'll get his legs under the table and be a bit more confident out on circuit. We'll start to see some interesting performances. And then Tommy Smith, uh, New Zealand Formula 1600 Championship, and then obviously Toyota Racing Series F3 Asian Championships. It's a different background to come into all of a sudden. It's, It's so far removed from what we're used to seeing. They're coming from the European circuits. So... He could prove to be an interesting outsider, a dark horse to some extent, just to see how well he performs. I mean, obviously he's had a few round appearances at GB3 championships, but yeah, it's uh, different. And Tommy Smith could certainly be one to keep an eye on, not necessarily for high ranking performances, but just to see where this next pool of talent could be coming from, if that's the quality these other racing series are able to produce.
0: I'd say with big, VAR being a fresh team as well, that yeah. they've got their one staple driver for their pressure, but with the other two, they're kind of taking a little bit of risk, but they can afford to at the same time because they're young and they're getting their feet under the table a bit as well, like Jesse was saying, and can just kind of throw a few more things at the wall and see what sticks.
2: Listen, that's a big jump for Tommy Smith. That's a big, big jump. So um, we'll see how he gets on. And as you say, if uh, yeah, if he if he does do well, then great. You know, looking forward to it. But um, Coeclat. To be honest, I'm surprised Coeclat isn't in a in a more competitive car. I didn't know whether he'd go to a Prima or an ART. Um, He was even linked with a or potential F2 seat at one point as well, wasn't he? So I'm surprised. That's no disrespect to 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 VAR and they've got himself a a really competitive driver there. Um, But um, I, I, I. I was surprised when I saw him um, confirm at VAR. So.
0: Talking of surprises, Roden Carlin rebranded for for this year. They've got Hunter Yaney, who we were talking about championship position being quite an interesting topic conversation. 33rd overall last year with the best finish of P16 twice at Emelor and Silverstone. And I've written in the notes here, don't drive into your teammates in Barcelona this time because that was just... Uh, it's just what you don't do for, for someone who wants to make a name for himself and especially with a lot of American backing behind him, possibly why Carlin have snapped him up there. It's an interesting choice. Yeah, I
2: mean, for for me, Ollie Gray is the standout driver here. Hunter Yaney, yeah, again, you know,
0: thirty third overall last year. To be yeah. fair, the fact that you skip straight over to Ollie Gray tells me everything I need to know. To be honest,
2: exactly that. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I can't lie. I'm not overly excited by Hunter Yaney. I'm not over, over, overly excited by Ido Cohen either. Um, I think Ollie Gray is the one for me that stands out in the card and lineup. I think he's a great prospect. He's only seventeen years old. Uh, obviously, British Formula Two. Uh, sorry, Formula four uh last year i saw him at silverstone and uh, for at british formula four last year and um yeah looked looked really really strong um so I'm, I'm excited to see him and what he can do in carlin an uncompetitive carlin it must be said um this year um but
0: yeah hopefully stephanie carlin can uh can get the best out of him so
1: Mm, I and think. And
0: Cohen with a got best finish of ninth, which came in the Spielberg feature race, which just seems a bit of an anomaly uh, for a very long season there, especially when you're finishing twenty fourth overall.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a mixed bag from Carlin. Obviously, you've yeah, Ollie Gray coming in with some sort of fresh blood to the series, and you've got Hunter Yaney thirty third last year. I've checked just now. There were forty drivers in the twenty twenty one F three championship. So when yeah, when you're making it into the top twenty, you're doing pretty good there. So coming, I'm sure, when you're
0: twenty first, if you're Sebastian Montoya you're off two races.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, that's not too shabby at all. Um, two races to get that high up the ranking is doing very nicely indeed. But then when you're looking at yeah, your likes of your Hunter Yaney, Ido kind coming home thirty third and twenty fourth respectively you're wanting more from these drivers and maybe the sort of demanding atmosphere that Carlin might be able to produce will be enough to sort of push them on to develop better. Um, The sort of the school of hard knocks, the school of sort of be, really being driven through things. Uh, but it's Ollie Gray... To
0: note with those two drivers as well that they both left the teams that they were driving for last year and went to a, a new team there. So, and those teams in particular, they've both taken on at least in Genda's case, at least one rookie driver. So it just shows that they're willing to to take that gamble. It's like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that
1: two years in a row. Hmm. But yeah, if you're Ollie Gray, you're coming into this, looking at your teammates and going, these are two people that it's relatively easy for him to go toe-to-toe against and possibly even come out on top of. And if you've got that in your racing career, coming into a new season as a rookie, and you're able to go toe-to-toe with your teammates that have a year's experience on you, that's going to do marvel for his sort of confidence and his ability out on track. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ollie Gray outranking Yaney and Cohen by the end of 2023. That wouldn't surprise me one bit.
0: As long as neither of them drive into him,
1: it's yet to be seen.
0: Campos, meanwhile, we've got another returning face, Christian Mansell, P38 overall, having competed in just four races with the best finish of P22 in Hungary. We could say, again, all the stuff we've just said about championship, but I think we all know it by now. Hugh Barter is going to be continuing with the Campos team after racing with them in Spanish F4 last year, where he claimed six wins and seven further podiums. He also won 10 races in the French Formula Academy and ended both campaigns second in the standings. They'll be joined by Pepe Marti, who graduated from karting with a Spanish junior championship to his name, finished 2021 Spanish F4 season, third in the driver's standings with two wins and nine podiums, and then stayed with the Spanish team for his move to F3, where he finished the championship in 25th. Mixed bag, but there's a lot of potential there, I think, Fraser.
2: Yeah, Hugh, Hugh barter is the one that stands out for me there. We watched him in uh, Spanish and French F4 last year. Spoke to him, actually, on on the F2 show for Inside F2 last year. Um, and I think he has a lot, a lot of potential. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, he could have a quietly good season for Campos. And when I say a quietly good season, I think, you know, scoring regular points in in the Campos in Formula 3 is a very good season. And I think that could be something that he'd, he'd be aiming for. I don't really feel like Pepe Marti really got a... He, he didn't get going last year and I think returning to the same team, a bit of consistency, I think, yeah, it could be a good move for him to to, to get going. And I think Hugh Barter having uh, Pepe Marti there, who was there in the team last year, I, I think that um, is a good benchmark for, for Hugh Barter to go up against. Um, so, yeah, no, two two strong drivers there. Uh, Christian Mansell, yeah. Um... Again, didn't really see much of him last year. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see on that one. But Jesse, is uh, is Christian Manso. is he related to Nigel Mantel,
0: Is he, or...
1: <laughs> he is not, no. It's an easy mistake to make, but he is not. I feel like that's a mistake <laughs> oh, I've probably it, made in, before. In the
0: same way that Marino Sato is definitely related to Kuma, right, Fraser? <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you, you know, we're, well, all of these uh, young drivers that are coming through, you know, it's, uh, yeah, unbelievable, right?
1: Everyone's got a family link by surname. Yeah, I make sugar, famously Billington Sugar. <laughs> it's the same same people, obviously.
2: We are we jokes are only joking for, <laughs> <laughs> for listeners that think, oh my god, this guy goes nothing. We are joking. We know Christian Mansell isn't related to to Nigel Mansell. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's his uh, all jokes aside. It is his uh, it's his got grandson right? Oh, come on, Fraser, you know he's reached Kumasato as well. That is true as well. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure on Christian Mansell. So we'll wait and see. But I think Hugh Barter, Pepe Marti, yeah, not a bad lineup. And I think um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Hugh Barter in particular gets on.
0: Potentially the ballsiest lineup on the grid, though, we've saved the best for lasts here, is Genza Motorsport, who've taken not one, not two, but three rookies onto the team for Formula 3 this year. We've got Alejandro Garcia, who's a Mexican, who raced in Euroformula Open Championship, where he entered the season 7th in the standings. Then we've got Nikita Bezrin, who was 2021 German and Italian F4 Rookie Champion. And then finally, we've got Taylor Bernard, who, British racer, makes a step up off the back of finishing runner-up in the German ADAC Formula 4 Championship, with five wins and a further five podiums to his name. As I said, just, just ballsy, and I feel like Genza, they've never been too near the top of things, really. So I guess it's a case of why the heck not? It's an exciting lineup for Genza, isn't it?
2: Really exciting lineup. I mean, I'm looking at two of those drivers, uh, uh Taylor Barnard uh, and uh, Nikita Bezerin, and I'm thinking, you know what they could be really good quality signings for 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 Genza. Uh both got championship winning or championship wins uh you know under their belt or at least competing for 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 championships uh, regularly. Uh wins, podiums to their names. They're two very experienced drivers. Um and yeah, Alejandro Garcia, I mean, yeah, why not take a punt? Why not take a go? And I think that's a it's a, probably if you look at some of the lineups we've just spoken about, you know, you're looking at Carl and you're looking at Campos. Let's say Gender have got a better better lineup there than uh, both of those teams so yeah fair play to them they're giving it a real go taylor barnard in particular i'm excited to see british bias absolutely uh, <laughs> but i'm excited to see how he gets on so uh yeah good for genza i'm looking forward to to seeing uh seeing their drivers race this year
0: there's potential as well jesse that next year in particular if are being this ballsy now that even though i don't think they've got a team in f1 academy this year they could take up one of the drivers there for Formula 3 because they'd be more willing to take a risk on that. Whereas some of the teams that do have a presence, Prima, Campos, et cetera, who knows how likely they're going to be to give those drivers the step up from F1 Academy. So maybe gender would be a secret kind of backdoor way in for, for any of the drivers there.
1: I mean, it might well be. They've sort of shown, at least this year, they're prepared to take risks. But I mean, if you're Campos and you've got Christian Mansell not performing this season but you've got someone in F1 Academy who does quite nicely this season, say, an um, Abbey Pulling. All of a sudden, you've got a sort of brilliant opportunity to bring in some very hot talent and sort of give them a proper chance in F3. And what other teams have we got linked to F1 Academy? And of
0: course, Prima, ART, Carlin, and high-tech. one other that's... Tech. that's
1: the one. Tech, yeah. So again, you've, so again, got, you've this... got
0: kind of like your hunting Yanis there as well, which... Yeah, you've again, got a lot of drivers to... that...
1: If they don't perform in their second season, which I feel is possibly a bit harsh for F3, but if you're not performing or if you've been given so every if you're not possible perform in F3, chance, you're not going to be able to perform in F2. F2 are you, so? Yeah. And if you've been given two years of every possible chance and you're failing to do so, but you've got someone linked to that team who's a hot shoe in F1 Academy, the rank below, it's a pretty good chance that you're going to be sort of punted out for the likes of. Um, yeah, you, Abby Pullings, I can't remember who else we've got lined up for F1 Academy this season. I haven't had a proper look at their full grid yet because it hasn't been completed and we don't know where we they're racing. Got all of them
0: yet, but again, if you're again, if you're Pramer and you've got a strong team this year, but you're likely going to promote at least one of them up to F2 next year and you've got Bianca Bustamante with them, then that seems natural for, for someone there. You've got um a couple of the drivers I know, whose names I'm absolutely forgetting now, but we will go through those when we do an F1 Academy episode. But again, you've got drivers. You're not going to be short of drivers, I don't think, that will be more than worthy to take a punt on when, especially if you've got PHM taking a punt on getting Flourish back and you've got them taking a punt in F2 with those two drivers there, it shows that there is scope for risk-taking and why would they not? If you can do it for this, why would you not do it for them? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. It, it opens that question up of the grounds of if you get these spaces open up either through lack of performance or through stellar performance that sees your drivers promoted, you're opening up these gaps and yeah you the chances and opportunities are likely going to present themselves, I think we're at a very interesting turning point where 2023 is going to be the, not necessarily the spark that ignites it but it's going to prove to be the kindling and we need those drivers to be the sparks to really show it off, especially the drivers in F1 Academy to be that spark that sort of hits the touch paper and goes, boom right, look, we've proven we can do this. We've had drivers in F2 last year, we've, been female, we've got Severe Flourish this year. We've got proof that you can get into those seasons and do well. And the more of them that we get moving through, the more likely they are to sort of obtain that sponsorship that's needed to really cement the financial ability to get them into it. Because that seems to be the only thing that's holding female drivers getting into motorsport back at this point in mm-hmm. time is the fact that no one wants to sponsor them. And I don't get why you wouldn't do that because even on a completely cynical marketing level, everyone's yeah. going to be watching the one woman on the field because they're going to go, I wonder how she does. And if you want eyes on your company branding, you slap it on the one car, you know, everyone's going to be watching. You either go for I the mean, one. We made the a-
0: joke in the F1 livery episode the other day that we just still had no idea what the hell Olin was and we had to Google it. So, mm. you know, if we're going to have someone like like Sophia flush for example like I'll take more interest in it just because you're there
1: mm. Like you sort of spend so much time looking at them because there's the natural interest because you're the only one who's a female on the grid it's naturally going to have a sort of you stand out because naturally of who you are unfortunately because you are the only person in this circumstance but and from again that cynical marketing perspective everyone's looking, everyone's got eyes on that car for 14 sort of we have at least 14 hours over the course of a year that's a lot of advertising you're never really going to be able to buy anywhere else and everyone's going "Hmm, i wonder what insert brand here is really doing googles it oh yes i need some petrol refining or such and such before we
0: finish up though fraser i'm going to ask you some mean questions and jesse you're not going to be safe from this either so 30 drivers i would like a winner from you fraser
2: um yeah really tough question i think um i said it earlier on by the way i think it's going to be the last chance uh to to win the title by the way for some of these drivers until 2025 because i mean Kimi antonelli is going to come into formula three with primary in 2024 and win it hands down so i think this is the last opportunity <laughs> for a couple of years but for anyone to to, to win formula three i am He's going to say fast. it's going to be one yeah he looks unbelievable doesn't he um i gonna gonna say uh i think it'll be a premier driver and i do think it'll be zach o'sullivan who wins the title this
0: year um and yeah we'll counter your kimmy thing just briefly as well by saying Ugo's being very very quick as well so who knows?
2: that is true as well that i mean a a title battle between those two would be unbelievable wouldn't it so it'd be good to good to see that and can i say as well by the way that 30 cars around monaco this year is going to be outrageous
0: outrageous we're not getting out of that one intact are we <laughs> no definitely not
1: <laughs> i have hope in kyle Collette. i won't lie there's this sort of strange outsider energy that he could just whip through have a really strong opener to his season and then just sort of continue on with some consistency similar to how we saw with Filippo drogovic and f2 in mm-hmm. season gone where it just has this absolute blinder of a start and then just keeps it with the consistency I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Colette can pull something like that out the bag. That way he's not having to chase things and be on the back foot. And I think that will set him up for the best season possible. So yeah, he's, he's my, I wouldn't say money bet, but he's the one I have the strongest feeling about.
0: You'll want to bet money on him in a second, because as always, I have to do the ballsy prediction. Um, which I have no trouble with because I would absolutely love it if this happened. So I will put I'll put I'll put a couple of quid down just for the sake of it because if I'm right, hoo And I will say let's have a fairy tale year and Sophia and can win the title.
1: I wouldn't be annoyed if she did. That's the thing. I I wouldn't be mad. I would be damned impressed. And I think it would be a really good sort of case study to go see W series, this is what you should have done. This is what you could have achieved. <laughs>
0: So, again, Fraser, 30 drivers. You've got one winner there. Who do you think is going to be 40th out of the 30 When by the time we get around to it?
2: 40th out of the 30. Uh, this is a brutal question. Feel bad for answering this. Uh, let me have a look down the list. I'm going to say one of the... Uh... Oh, God. Let me go. <laughs> Tommy Smith. Uh,
0: yeah. Not Just a great, big great. challenge for him.
2: Yeah, uh Roberto Far- Faria maybe as well. I, I Yeah, I'm not sure. There's a, f- there's a few drivers down there. Um uh, PHM is their first season. May- maybe Roberto
0: Faria, maybe. Uh, I don't That'd know. That'd be quite a contrast if I'm right about who wins that season as you've got on the other end of it, you've got one of the drivers with the same team.
2: Yeah, I mean, could happen. We, Classic we saw Formula a... 3, to be fair. <laughs> I was going to say, Felipe Drugovich to, to Clement-, Clement Nomalak was, uh, was, a, was a really uh, big disparity, wouldn't it? So, yeah, listen, I don't like predicting those kind of things it uh, <laughs> feels a bit mean doesn't it but uh, yeah mm. maybe maybe one of those guys just purely on their experience and yeah, um, yeah rookies coming into the sport which is uh, absolutely uh, yeah a bit brutal that isn't it jesse i'm interested to, to know what you say there
1: well, i don't know i've just got the testing data up from day three of f3 and yeah smith and farrier are the bottom two in the rankings there with the slowest times, two point one five and two point three two seconds off the pace. Um, but equally, backing up Timo's bold prediction of a flush win, she'll definitely beat her teammates. As I mean, she's outranked them consistently on all the days of testing. Um, I've I'm torn between Cohen and Wiznicky. I think that's where my doubts lie in the season. Looking at their times at the moment their ability to extract what they can from their car especially compared to where their teammates are putting those cars is where my doubts lay so yeah i'm going to go um unfortunately for them fingers crossed they're not listening otherwise this is going to sound horrible but uh yeah pit or Nicky or possibly a uh, ido cone
0: i'm going to go and cheat a little bit here and say that due to just f3 and f2 being as mad as they are we will see Roy Nassani get demoted to F3 and he will therefore finish at the bottom of the pack.
1: <laughs> can he be demoted to F3? Sure he can. I mean, obviously, Roberto Merry got demoted to F2 <laughs> last season.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, And he did all right there, so he'll just do the opposite of that.
1: Well, I, I want to ask the question that we asked when we did our F2 grid run through. I what gonna- drivers... Yeah. I, I think I've preempted your thought there of... Which drivers do we think are missing from the F3 grid? And I think I've I've already mentioned my one, which is definitely Abby Pulling, who in reality should be on this grid somewhere.
0: I agree. Um, oh, I'm going to give Fred a couple of minutes there to think there, because I'm just... Oh, I'll, I'll I've be, got be mine generous. already,
2: Timo, so I'm happy to jump I'm in fair. if you want to. I think Antonelli was good enough to step up this season, to be honest with you. I, I do think he was good. That's a big jump, but... I do think he has the talent and the raw speed to have jumped up and had a season, got a season under his belt of... Uh, I think he would have been there or thereabouts competing for the title, depending on what team he was going to be driving with. Uh, but assuming it was a semi-decent team, I think he would have been there or thereabouts. And then next season, it would have been a, a Premier drive and uh, he, he would have won the title. But I mean, either way, I still think he's going to be in a Premier next season because I know how much uh, Mercedes back him. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's uh, he, he, Mercedes always end up with their drive drivers in the best teams right you look at frederick vesti moving up to premier in formula two this year i mean the mercedes always always put their drivers in the best the best teams and i think next season he'll jump into a primer and i think he'll win the title hands down i don't think it'll even be a
0: contest <laughs> next season so uh such such certainty i love it i'll mm-hmm. go a little bit left field again and say that again based on some of the driver choices that we've seen on this Gerardi, with experienced he says in quotation marks and rookies as well coming into it with such a variety of backgrounds i would be very interested to see what someone like Al kabasi could do in f3 she's got a good bit of experience in various regional championships obviously didn't end quite so well for her in the uae just now broken arm but she seems in good spirits and hopefully she gets back on her feet and everything very soon but that would be very interesting for me i think she's she's very calm And steady and very mature for her age as well, which I don't think you get a lot or as much as you should do with a lot of drivers around that age these days. And you can see how the pressure gets to a lot of them. And you see that with the fact that in a 30 driver championship, you have close to 40 over the course of a year. And sometimes that's financial, sure, but sometimes that's just because the pressure gets too much in the team. Decides it has to bring someone else in if they stand a chance of being competitive in in the constructors. So, I think she'd be a, a speedy little demon in 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 the right car.
1: She has she the way she drives is to an extent reminiscent of Kimi Raikkonen. It's that sort of Iceman, completely unflappable ability to just get around the track and do it with sort of a brutal efficiency, which is impressive. And again, I think with the right amount of driver development and the right amount of proper pushes and backing could definitely be one to watch and it would be interesting I definitely think she would have needed two seasons in F3 just to make sure she gets up to speed of things but yeah, a solid choice for certain
0: We'll get her in for a guest spot in one or two races later in the year then We'll just, we'll start her off that way, ease her in
1: <laughs> Yeah
0: But yeah, like you were saying, I think that wraps up everything for this episode quite nicely F3 wise, Fraser have you had a nice time and chatting everything Formula 3?
2: I've had a great time, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. It's always good to talk about Formula 3. Uh, Really enjoyed that. And it's nice to be answering some questions rather than asking them for a change. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Thoroughly enjoyed
0: it. Where can people find you in the meantime if they want to see a bit more of you?
2: people can find me over inside f2 um where we uh yeah we we do the podcast the f2 show uh we're on instagram at inside formula 2 and we're also on twitter at f2 inside uh or people can also find me uh at underscore fraserford one where all i do on social media is share f2 stuff uh, from uh, inside f2 so you're not really gaining anything by following me but you can follow me if you want to
1: if they want that parasocial relationship with podcasters they can achieve that nicely
0: exactly that
1: Timo work can the people find you
0: is it fast Nitrorex podcast paddock priority paddock passion Instagram on the curbs just about gosh darn everywhere
1: like a terrible suit you're all over the place um, there's a pattern forming with these with you and I'm not liking it I'm gonna Jesse where can people find you <laughs> um, you can find me all across Instagram and Twitter as at Jesse on cars you can also find me on YouTube uh, where I'm hopefully going to be rebooting my channel I've got some F1 predictions to make this season and probably some content featuring a midget but not that sort of stuff um, and there's more stuff featuring uh, me and my antics with classic cars in Classic Car Weekly where you can find all the latest deals, auction reviews and indeed classic car events across the season including the big ones like uh, Silverstone Festival with and Goodwood Revival so if you want some old school F1 stuff I'm trying to shoehorn as much of it as possible or as much more editable Let me get away with into there
0: in the meantime thank you all very much for listening to this episode we'll be back soon with some f1 and feeder series good stuff so until then thank you very much for listening goodbye